All right. We're live. We are live again. So we'll just give it a minute here. We will let a couple of people filter in and we'll make sure that uh, this thing is, you know, lag free, high, you know, low MS. Super strange because I can see it just fine. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, just Edward. It. Well, thank you again. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, man. Okay, cool. Looks like uh, it's out there. Not sure. Not sure if it's laggy or not. Um, okay, works fine now. Thank you, Radu. Moto fee, I think. Um, Edward, awesome, man. We're back. Appreciate it. Sorry, everyone, if you're just joining us. Uh, we had a little bit of a lag issue, um, but we are back now. So let's maybe start here with, we're going to do a giveaway. <laughs> Um, and so we've got five Zoidster NFT whitelist spots to five level four Lunar Crush users, one each, who retweet this on Twitter and then ask a question uh, during the live stream. So we'll figure it out from there. Um, could we just maybe talk about what is a Zoidster? Yeah, sure, definitely. So the Zoidsters are actually the first layer of our gamification strategy. They're NFTs on, on Elrond Network, and they give you benefits inside the ecosystem as long as you're a ZPay holder. To give you an example of, of such benefits, uh, on the staking side, they give you extra boosts for a certain amount of time. Uh, they give you extra cashback when you make a purchase. So right now, when you're using our Chrome extension that allows you to shop anything from anywhere, you get the cashback in ZPay. Depending on the token you're using for payment, the cashback can be either 3 or 5%. But having a Zoyster is actually like having a, an item in a game. So gives you an extra 1, 2, 3% cashback for a certain number of purchases. So this is uh, the, the first uh, phase of our gamification layer. So it's a power up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you say gamification layer. So... So users hold these NFTs and your token and they get additional bonus rewards. And so is there a, is there a marketplace for these NFTs? How do you see that evolving? Uh, definitely, yeah. We're, we're launching them uh, in partnership with Trust Market, which is a, a leading NFT marketplace on Elrond Network. And after you use the benefits, they will go there as uh, simple collectibles. But the idea is to accumulate as much as uh, possible in order to have the best possible profile that gives you a ton of benefits inside the ecosystem. So these, these are also stackable. So if you have one that gives you 2% cashback and another one that gives you 3% cashback, you get an extra 5% cashback. That, that's pretty cool. That's super smart. Yeah. Congrats. Powering up. So... Yeah, exactly, exactly. So sh shop anything from anywhere with crypto. It's quite the bold statement. Um, you know, obviously, I'm liking this power-up thing going over here. I'm shopping everywhere. I've got NFTs. I'm probably getting higher rewards. Um, how, like, what is ZoiPay? How is this working? Um, you know, maybe you can just start there. What is it? And then we can kind of, you know, go down the rabbit hole a little bit with you. Definitely, yeah. So ZoiPay is the go-to open architecture for building the next generation of Web3 financial services. As a first product to showcase the technology that we've built over the past five years, 
we have the Zoe Pay Chrome extension that allows you to connect with any wallet that you have. So we take seriously the uh, not your keys, not your crypto. You connect with any wallet. You simply make a transaction in the Zoe Pay Chrome extension with uh, cryptos that we have there uh, added as support. And based on the transaction that you make and the amount you request, you will get a Visa or MasterCard card topped up with that specific amount. So you can actually make purchases anywhere. So you're, if I'm making a, I'm on, you know, we'll just pick one of your, like I'm on Amazon or eBay or Walmart or one of these AliExpress, Rakuten, I can go in and I've got, you know, one Ethereum, I'm looking for a couch and I can go and pay for that. It's topping up a credit card that that's actually where the transaction is being made and that's what's paying for it. So it's like, you've got some sort of like exchange right there. Are you guys utilizing like a DEX router to kind of hit that? And then like, do I have to pay the gas fees of that, like Ethereum? So if I like, hey, I need a, I need, you know, uh, you know, just like something like a shovel and that shovel is $20. If gas fees are high, are you guys covering that? Or like, how is that specific mechanic working? No, actually you pay the gas fees. So uh, you make the transaction from your own wallet. So obviously you're going to pay the gas fees there. Um, the whole mechanism works like this. So uh, starting from 2017, we wanted to make... Uh, crypto adoption easier and faster. And we started slowly working on the liquidity algorithm that we have now. So basically what we have uh, is a connection to multiple exchanges, multiple uh, decentralized exchanges, and also multiple liquidity providers. Based on that, we can have a fixed window of 15 minutes to, to fix the price for the token that, that you want to, to pay with. Uh, let's take let's take eGold for example because on on Ethereum you have high fees on on Elrond you have uh, really low fees so if you want to make a payment with eGold we fix the price for you for 15 minutes you make the transaction you pay the the fees uh, we also have uh, some fees uh, which uh, include the card issuing and the the forex fees those are stated clearly there so. Uh, in the open for, for everyone to see. After you make the, the crypto transaction, instant, instantly your, your debit card, it's actually a debit card, is topped up with the amount of fiat that you want to have there. So you can choose. We actually have support now for any fiat currency, but in the Chrome extension, you'll see only a couple. But if you want to pay in in the States, you pay in dollars. If you want to pay in Europe, you pay in, uh, in euro. If you go to Hong Kong, you pay in Hong Kong dollars. So we make the exchange so that you will have the exact amount you need on the card. John's wheels are turning. And so if you have, yeah. um, is that my debit card or credit or that I'm opening? Yeah. So I yeah. have to also open a credit card. Uh, actually, when, when you download, let, let's start from the beginning. Once you download yeah. the Chrome extension, uh, you go to an onboarding process. Uh, in that onboarding process, you do the KYC. So we issue for you a debit card. Gotcha. Uh, at the moment, uh, we're, we're launching also prepaid cards. So the no KYC cards. 
So we have we have two types of cards. We have the KYC cards that I told you earlier about that have, and this is the, the fun part, they have a limit of 100,000 euro per month. Or if you do some extended proof of funds, they have 100,000 euro per day. And if you want to do some real estate investing or if you want to buy, um, I don't know, to do all sorts of investment, we can have an extra KYC that allows you to spend between three and five million with the card. That's euro. So this is the KYC card. But for this, you need uh, liveliness, uh, right. all sorts of statements so that you can benefit from, from that extended limit. But we also have the prepaid cards that allow you to spend up to uh, 2,500 uh, euros per month. And we only need your name and um, phone number so that we can send you the secure code, basically the 2FA, so that you can make a payment uh, without having any risks. So how does that, like, so you mentioned that, so I guess a few questions. So one is like, if I bought, you know, a, a Lamborghini for $100,000 with my card, I then get, say, 3% back yeah. in, in token, in ZPay token. Yeah. And so if, if I keep just using it, I keep earning more tokens, and then I can stake those tokens, I can do, what can I do with those tokens? Exactly, exactly, yeah. So uh, we have a staking mechanism. Uh, it offers up to 12% per year for normal users and 15% uh, APY per year for shopping pool owners. Shopping pools are like nodes used for, for validating different um, services that we have on the platform. Okay, okay. And, so, and when you buy, when you're buying something that the retailer is accepting, say, US dollars, so I'm buying with crypto and you're, you're sitting in the middle and you have access to that cash liquidity, the dollar liquidity, where does that, where does that come from? Uh, so uh, we have a liquidity of up to $1 billion per day and the settlement time of T plus two. So through the connections that we, we have and we formed along the multiple bear markets we've been through, uh, we have a settlement time that allows us through the APIs and through the algos that we developed to either sell, keep, stake the tokens that we receive from, from the user and then settle with the liquidity providers in at in two days. Wow, impressive. That's a lot. Um, you mentioned bear market. You know, I'm sure everyone watching right now and that will be in the near term um, is, is looking at this market right now and trying to make sense of it. And, you know, I guess, you know, we have, we have all day discussions pretty much internally in our own team. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, how, how is your team doing? What are you focused on? And I guess, what are your thoughts on this market? Yeah, I actually posted a couple of weeks ago a tweet, whether it's a bear market or a bull market, uh, we're a tech company. So we do what we do best. We keep on building, we keep, uh, keep on developing new products, new features. We have a huge roadmap for this year. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a normal situation. I mean, this will pass, uh, it will come again. So it's, it's not something uh, really special. But I mean, 
we just do what we do best. We we keep on building. And, and you're in a really interesting spot when you look at it. It's sort of like um, you're you're at the intersection of Web two and three. You know, and, and it and it's an interesting thing where you you see these things that have that have claimed to be fully Web three and and then ultimately then they have no outside funds and they're not sustainable. And, and it's sort of like, you know, it's kind of interesting because you're, you're like a, a picks and shovels play for web three. If you think about it, um, like an onboarding on, you're just latched onto e-commerce basically. So that's, it's pretty, a pretty fascinating place to be, which means you also have endless revenue that can keep coming in from the outside of, of web three and outside of crypto. So I guess, how do you, how do you look at that? I mean, how do you look at, I guess, the whole with crypto in general right now is, is most of this market just in an unsustainable place and it's just burning out unless they figure out how to latch on to, to the old world and pull money in. I mean, uh, the, the vision that we have going forward with Zoipay is to actually change the face of financial services. Um, and we, we take this statement really seriously. So we want to be the go-to architecture for anyone that wants to build Web3 financial services or Web3 fintechs. But we want to provide the, the context for doing that. So like you said, it needs to be sustainable. And sustainability comes from the regulations, from the licenses, from the compliance part. So uh, right now we're in the process of acquiring a bank, a brick and mortar bank actually, that has subsidiaries, that has ATMs and everything. And we wanna shift that bank to Web3. So being able to offer sustainable mortgages in different uh, digital assets, having um, traditional services that are uh, transitioned to Web3 with high yields, but under the umbrella of uh, regulations, compliance, and everything involved. I mean, besides taking this seriously and acquiring a bank, we're also talking, talking to the local government here uh, with the central bank, trying to figure out what's the best play and what's the... Um, Let's say, what's the roadmap going forward also for uh, government uh, state officials, for, for different uh, products that the government has? So um, we, we truly think that having a clear uh, regulation uh, and a compliance mechanism that protects Web3 services is the key moving forward. And... If, if you think about it, building a fintech has kind of the same path. So uh, you build a fintech, you first need to check the uh, with, with attorneys and with uh, auditors to see what are the licenses you need. Uh, then you must uh, pay for the licenses, wait uh, for them to be approved. So it's a really hefty process. Uh, but what we're doing right now actually is... Um, streamlining that process and offering everything as a service uh, with the APIs and SDKs that we're developing uh, protected by the regulations, licenses, and the compliance part. There, there, I, I was in another interview and they, they asked me, how many people do you have in the team right now? So 
right now we're really scaling the team. We're, we're 30 people, but, but at some point we had more lawyers and auditors than <laughs> developers. So, I mean, we, we really need to be, be careful and we, we have the best interest of our users in mind. So uh, offering this for, for anyone, actually. I mean, we're in discussions now with banks that want to go into Web3, have the infrastructure, but they are still on uh, legacy technology. And we're, we're building that, that bridge for them. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's and exciting at the same time. Where, where is this bank that you guys are looking at um, acquiring? Uh, in Europe. It's in Europe. Cool. So you'll have yeah. access potentially to a couple of different countries over there, or the EU in general? The whole EU, because we can passport the license everywhere in EU. And we're going to also passport the license to Asia first, and then uh, making the all the necessary uh, things for scaling to United States. This is so many, you've said so many interesting things here. I'm trying to understand that, like you mentioned mortgages, uh, man, we could probably talk for hours about that, but like what, what value, I guess, do you see, um, acquiring a bank and, and adding that to the kind of ecosystem you already have, I guess, how do you see if you're like a, if you're a part of your community already, how do you see that adding to their, their value? What, what do you think they're going to be able to do? So, uh, First of all, this was a strategical step for us in order to scale the technology and have all the licenses necessary to push it to the community. So we buy the bank, then we plug our tech into the bank and uh, having the APIs that we already developed, such as loans, buy now, pay later, uh, APIs on credit scoring, we have uh, something which is called ILF. ILF is instant liquidity farming. So basically, just the two of us now. I guess we lost Joe. He'll, I'm sure he'll be back. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So ILF is instant liquidity farming. So basically, when you're in a farm and you harvest, the the rewards go directly to your your card. So basically the card is directly topped up with the rewards from the farm. So we have a lot of, a lot of APIs like this and we uh, give these APIs for free to everyone that wants to build on top of them, different financial services. I mean, just to give you an example, uh, what's, what's in it for the community, we have a team of 50 developers from, from Asia that contacted us and they're actually building, they're called the FinTech factory there. They're actually building um, a set of products that will uh, improve remittance in Philippines, uh, credit scoring for people that are actually unbanked. So, I mean, the only limit is imagination for the ones that are actually builders. And we offer them the necessary context and legal part in order for them to build whatever they want. Just a credit score for the unbanked. That that already that just man, that's pretty amazing. Um, I want to see like this is this is something that you know I'm going to throw this one up here from Adrian S. How do you see mortgage rates in relation to the current situation? So here we sit here, and I think in the U.S. we're talking about perhaps even a three quarter basis point move up tomorrow. 
we've already seen, what is it about 2% increase this year or something like that. Oh yeah. And, three, and, and like, yeah, three and a half. So, so like we, we keep going up higher and higher yeah. and this is a huge concern for the entire world. And, you know, it's funny because at the same time I was just talking to a friend that bought a multi-million dollar home and he went to multiple um, banks to get a loan. And he's got a lot of crypto, a lot of NFTs. And they even told him, they said, Hey, not only can you not count your crypto, any, any dollars that are proceeds from that, we also can't count. That, oh. this, was, this was three weeks ago. And so, which I know some are more lenient. Some will even count your crypto holdings. But I guess, how do you see this whole mortgage situation um, in this crazy environment? Yeah. Um, so just to, uh, to tell you how we see mortgages for our system, um, it's going to be an interesting uh, feature. So we take into consideration all of your assets, basically fiat and crypto alike. And depending on the amount of crypto you have, we, we make a ratio between fiat and uh, crypto. The more crypto you have, the percentage of uh, the percentage drops, actually. Wow. Yeah. So we uh, go for collateralized mortgages based on the crypto assets you hold. And, and for this, actually, we, we're, we're scaling our team with uh, valuable people. To give you an example, um, right now our, our chief project and product officer um, is coming from, from Raiffeisen Bank. He was head of card issuing there, and he led a huge number of uh, uh, programs related to, to, to cards here in Romania and in Europe. So we're actually onboarding a lot of uh, people from banking that have an affinity for blockchain technology, that know how it works. And it's nice because we're developing new features and seeing from the ones that already know how the market works, how mortgages work, how credit scoring is working. And it's basically the perfect combination between, uh, I'm going to say old, it's the perfect combination between old and Web3. This is the first I've heard with mortgages having lower rates when you hold more crypto. I don't think I've ever heard that before. It changes it when you understand, you know, like, you're hedging, right? Like these more, like with mortgages, you're constantly hedging, you're hedging against the future, you're hedging against the future. And if you think, you know, a long tail hedge of, you know, most banks are just, you know, securitizing stuff and selling it on the open market, which right now no one's buying those. But if you think about securitizing and the risk of, if you truly understand you say, okay, what, like I have X amount of Bitcoin 30 years from now, it's a different, a different thing than say i'm holding us dollars 30 years from now what are my future earnings you're combining the future earnings and the the risk on portfolio that you know you could say like if you could actually use your 401k as like the payment service for that it changes your i'm sure it changes your risk assurance over there and your underwriters are going okay if this is the way that i'm thinking about you know distributing this loan it's a completely different risk profile and so you can offer you know a rate you know because of the way that you guys can can hedge against it right Exactly. Yep. Yep. It's amazing. I, it's like this, we've been talking about mortgages and like, you know, my dad's a mortgage banker. He's been here for 30 years. And it's like, I'm always like, what are you guys doing over there? Like you, you got to figure this stuff out because 
like you, I, and I've said this, like you guys are now going to go buy bank. It's not the bank going over the other way because they have no idea what to do with you, right? But you know exactly what to do with them, right? And it's like replacing the piping on something that's super legacy that has, you know, you got 30 people over there. You're probably much more efficient than a bank with 3,000 people, right? Maybe you're not doing as much business as them right now, but to absorb that and suddenly it's just the rails that are there and the truth machine is already built in the FICOs and the credit scores and everything else and the identity, you can now do the same amount of business and you ingest the distribution stream and the retail users um, and you have easier piping. You probably only need to double your size. Um, it's like, it's epic. And I, it's like, congrats, man. That's a huge, huge deal. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and you said something about identity and <clears throat> actually we have a really cool partnership in place for this. So you can actually monetize your identity as well. So based on different smart contracts, your identity, your customer profile can be monetized based on your spending patterns, based on your uh, affinities for different things. Yeah, because you have this e-commerce tie-in too, right? And so are you saying that people can basically say, yes, you can sell or like someone can expose this, or like an advertisement or something to me, but they don't need to know everything about me. They just need to know these are my spending patterns. Yeah, exactly. They just uh, basically ser sell some data points in order to receive certain financial services. So to, to have financial services based on their data. So we're, we're experimenting a lot of things here. Yeah, I got a question for you. Have you had any um, any of the shops that you know you're powering so you're, you've got your chrome extension and people are purchasing from specific shops like a decent amount of any of the shops turned around and said hey can i market in like your browser or can i market with you because you're driving traffic to their sites yet uh they did actually but uh so you, you can actually purchase from any shop so any but have the shops come to you and said like, hey, I want to now try to drive traffic through what you're doing because you guys have the distribution. Yeah, and it actually was the other way around as well. So uh, we went to big retailers here in Romania and we told them, um, let's do a partnership. Let's announce that you accept crypto payments. And it was actually really funny. They said, no, because we have a hefty process. We need to talk to everyone. Uh, it's complicated. What do we do with the crypto? How do we sell it? Uh, yep. we, we told them, listen, we already bought from you with crypto. So you're already accepting crypto payments, just you don't know it yet. So why not both, because we, we said this in the open to the community as well, why not both benefit from the exposure in the sense that you're showing that you're open to cryptocurrencies, you're attracting new users, for us, it's also a, a good move. Let's show the show everyone basically that you're accepting crypto payments. And they were like, wait, so we don't need to do anything. No, <laughs> you're already accepting crypto payments. Oh, that's interesting. So can we also advertise? So that's when it came. So can we also do some things in the Chrome extension, maybe have a certain button on the website? So they started becoming... Uh, uh, more open to discussion. And this is actually uh, part of the general perception for businesses because they think it's really difficult to accept crypto payments. Mm -hmm. uh, they think the technology is so difficult that their existing team cannot 
implement it or it's a difficult process. And once you show them that it's really easy, they become more open to other discussions as well. Yeah, it feels like it feels like the market's just been tied down for payments with the credit card providers, right? It's, it's like that's the gateway that like hasn't been broken. You know, we've talked to like different kind of point of sale projects, like I think like a Pundi X or, you know, some of the other folks that were like really trying to break that point of sale. But it's like that's a that's like a, a boots on the ground distribution for like in-store retailers and things like that, where it's like that's a that's going to be a tougher, you know, distribution path to finally like break through. So it's like everyone like you guys are like, hey, we have to use the, the you know, the debit card or, you know, a gift card right now. But it's like all now you're going to position yourself to be completely ready. And then one day the Visa and MasterCard are just going to be gone. And now it's just going to be direct and someone's going to have a wallet address. I'm excited to see when that happens too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, with going to every merchant, it's the chicken and the egg problem. So we, we've been there back in 2018, actually. So in 2018, we made the first card, uh, bank security, independent of any issuer. Uh, that was used for making peer-to-peer -peer card transactions between our wallets. You were requesting uh, on, on the Ethereum network, this was. So you were requesting Ethereum and I, I will come with the card, tap it on your phone and simply send Ethereum to you. And vice versa. And we had a couple of merchants, we tested it out, but it wasn't scalable. The solution yeah. needed to be something else. So that's why when we pivoted more on the financial services side, because uh, we truly believe that we, if we build a solid infrastructure, kind of similar to what banking has right now, but transition to Web3, a lot more builders and talented developers and uh, more tech companies will get involved in building on top of it. So... That's that's the mantra. Oh, and regarding the, the bank, uh, the bank is actually connected to an open banking aggregator. So we work together with the bank in doing this. So what this means is instant card-to-card -card transaction, account-to-account, -account, instant top-ups, uh, instant exchanges. So everything is instant. All the transactions are instant. How, how are you doing that? Are you mapping that specific account to a like a blockchain address and having like a little bit more like almost like a centralized blockchain that's part of the bank? So on the on the crypto side, the transactions take take their time. So it's the normal transaction time. But once you exit into fiat through open banking and PSD2 regulations, you have the ability to be connected to 3000 other banks and make instant uh, transactions. Um, on that note, let's take another question from the community from Radu Motefe. Uh, Edward, do you have a time frame for the closing of the bank acquisition? So right now we're we're waiting for the central bank. So once you have the due diligence and everything, and you close the deal, you need to wait for the central bank to approve it. This can be indeed a hefty process. It it takes a couple of months. And, and to, to backtrack a little bit, you talked about building. And uh, let's take another question from, uh, I'm, I'm have a hard time with this one. Uh, Itwin, Joe. Ndioko. 
Ndokyo, wait, Ndokyo, okay. Uh, I, I'm from Nigeria. What solutions can you provide for Africa? Can your APIs be shared with developers? It's a great yeah, question. Exactly. They can be shared with, with everyone, actually. So that's the best thing about it. So you can build uh, fintech solutions, fintech startups based on Web3 with our APIs and SDKs using our bank. And so you become, yeah, you become ahead, this ahead. financial, this kind of global financial infrastructure. I'm still coming back to, um, I'm not sure if Africa has the most unbanked, but it may. Um, I've heard other numbers in South America. There's a lot, but it's like, when you look at that and you look at, you talked about credit scores for the unbanked, you know, and if you, if you pair that with, you know, a continent like Africa, um, you know, what do you, what kind of, what kind of solutions do you see? You know, what kind of, what kind of change do you think this causes? So this relates also to the partnership that we're going to have. So the identity, they're unbanked, but for the credit scoring part, you need some sort of Web3 identity. So that Web3 identity is tied up to your uh, wallet. We do on-chain analysis on the wallet. We see the transactions that you did. We see the balances that you had at a certain point. Based on that, we give you a credit scoring. And based on that credit scoring, you access tiers of financial services. And you start slowly. And based on that, your credit scoring improves. And you can access higher tiers for different financial services. And, and would that include, you know, because we, we actually kind of looked at something or not looked at anything for banking, but like to give someone kind of a scoring um, on Lunar Crush to understand, you know, someone's history um, and say, hey, are you are you a little bit more adept at understanding the market? Have you made some trades that maybe have made sense, you know, and, and then you have a certain amount of like holdings? I would, I would assume that there would be most of the weights because these people would have to have be some sort of KYC there, right? And so yeah. they would have to tie something in there because we, you know, we ran into something where people would go out and they'd actually buy old Ethereum addresses off of people and be like, look at my history, which is like, I don't know who's our, who's like vacating all of these like old addresses, but that some of that stuff did happen. And so like, are you guys, like you said, you have, you know, at one point you had more like lawyers <laughs> dealing with it than developers, like what's the like your kind of like risk assurance and like your like your kind of like risk team look like and like are you guys constantly kind of thinking through some of these processes especially because it's like you you have staking with the token and how do you my, my real question comes down to like how do you hire for like a position like that where it's like hey you need to know web3 strategy and understand like the legacy banking system all wrapped in one when like you know experts in the industry started in like 2019 like how do you think about like kind of finding the right people for that we start first in banking um, and we actually have a great team of developers and they actually help by experimenting a lot with the people that come from banking. So this is constantly changing the score. My background, so my previous company that I founded uh, when I was 18, uh, it relates to data. So I was co-founder and chief of data there. And basically what we did there was um, you have some, some data points. Let's say, for example, your uh, law firm and you have a huge case and you want to find a precedent for that case 
and also you need a sum up for the precedent. So basically, we took some we, we take some data points, and based on that, we give you the precedent and the sum up. So it all started from there by expanding that algo through uh, different um, industries. So this was then uh, added for social media listening. Then we used it uh, in, in crypto when we did the first card for different transactions. And now we're using it with the developers and with the people from banking to develop a let's say, a credit scoring that makes sense. I think that's the most important thing. I yeah. mean, it needs, it needs to, to make sense and be scalable because we're, if it's not scalable, we're not doing it. It's yeah, simple I, as that. It's just like hearing you talk about that. It's like, you know, you think about machine learning and you think about the training that goes into it. And then you think about basically everyone's trying to build, whether it's in a financial market or social media, the, the best recommendation engine possible, right? And whoever has like the largest data set and the most training at scale and the best training at scale and, you know, the best models and the highest computing power is going to have the best recommendation engine. And it's like with something like a Twitter or like, you know, what like Twitter's recommendation engine is fantastic. TikToks might even be better, right? But the it's like, that's not the problem. The problem is... Um, monetizing your data and selling your data and hacks and leaks and scams and all these other things that are built around it. It's the recommendation engines are fantastic. And it's like, why wouldn't you want the most personalized thing like to what you want and recommendations that are, you know, maybe you didn't even know you wanted, what you don't want is, Hey, you're taking all my data and you're doing something with it. And it's like, that to me is what like solving this double spend problem with, with blockchain is doing. And for you guys, it's like, Seems like it's going to fit like shopping. I can't think of a more important place to have recommendation engines, right? Like, yeah. and then it's like, you know, routing of the best price, like humanly possible, what you're doing. It's just recommending like, and, and going out there and searching. And so it's like, is that kind of like having that data background and like, it's almost like first principles there. Is that like, yeah, you know, cause it sounds like what you're trying to do is, yeah, you're going to prove out this model of like the bank and then you and the shopping and everything. But what you really want is to like almost open source that in a way so that yeah. you're just like the base layer for everyone that's out there. Exactly. That's, that's the whole vision. So open for everyone that wants to build on top and so constant a, learning okay. from different products that are being built. So we've got a pretty great question here that let me see if I can get this to, uh, to share. You can see this um, uh, from uh, Babang Re on Twitter. Ivo, uh, I have a question about Zoid Pay. Please, I hear that we can purchase using a debit card. So my question is: Does the card we use complete to complete purchases will it get protection insurance? And what benefits from paying with crypto for shopping? Okay, so um, for protection insurance. That can be that can be done for sure. What benefits for shopping with crypto? It's the instant liquidity part. So having liquidity for your crypto assets in just a matter of minutes, it's perfect for for everyone. I mean, and at the aggregated price. Okay. 
Let me get another question. Let's bring up, uh, we got so many. Um, let's bring up uh, Bart C207. Uh, is the bank regulated in Romania under BNR supervision or is it an IFN? Are you sure they accept a Web 3.0 scoring model um, and not the usual credit bureau input and salary data? Uh, so the bank is not in Romania, but we can definitely passport the license here once we finish the acquisition. And uh, this is how we started by building the credit scoring first and having approval for it and then building on top. So yeah, <laughs> it's a yes for that. Well, wow. that is that is interesting. So you're 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 basically converting the bank's business model for what yeah. they're with what they're used to and they're and they're they're comfortable with doing that? Initially they weren't, but once we started deep diving into the tech, into uh, what are our plans? They they became open to it. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Um, maybe let's let's uh, away from the banking side of things. There's a there's another interesting things. I think you were you're talking to Kabi on our team about your your Formula One partnership. Um, yeah. Tell us more about that. That's exciting. What's going on there? I mean, I've been and we've actually most most of the developers from the team we've been uh, huge Formula One fans. And uh, now, actually, with the Drive to Survive show on Netflix, uh, F1 gained a lot of traction and attention from the, the people that are attracted to crypto also, and especially new technologies. So the audience is there. And what better way to go mainstream with uh, financial services based on Web3 than Formula One, considering that we're also fans. So it's, it's going to be amazing. We have some interesting marketing campaigns with them. Uh, we also gonna, we're also going to start a, a partnership on the financial services side. So this we, we haven't told anyone yet, but besides the partnership, we're going to have another partnership on the financial services side with them. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. We can't wait. And uh, as a timeline, because I can offer a timeline here, it's going to be after the summer break. Summer around. Summer. Yeah, yeah. What kind of partnership is that? Is it more, can you tell us, is it more retail oriented? Like, hey, you're going to be able to pay with Zoypay any, at any of the events. Or is it more along the lines of working with a specific team on like something a little bit deeper than that? Or like maybe their store? Or, like where, how is that going to unfold? It, so it's going to be based on the APIs and SDKs. So it's going to be about building a product for retail. Ah, okay. Very, very cool. I like that because you see a lot of like, you know, large scale sponsorships happening right now in the space. You see like, you know, Coinbase and FTX, you know, and a lot of the crypto.com, especially like a huge, huge, huge stuff. Yeah. And then internationally, we've seen a couple of things like with Formula One and then um, but I haven't seen anyone say like, hey, we're also going to like, was that a mandate to say we're also going to build something with you? Like, it seems like wherever you guys are going, you're like, this needs to have utility. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, we're builders. We, we cannot stand still. We need to do something. So it needs to have utility and it needs to have utility fast. Well, on that note, I mean, I can sense the excitement with Formula One. Um, we got a we got a question from uh, from Dr. Tomo. This is a long one. So there's a lot to be excited about for Zoidpay, Zoidster's NFT, F1 sponsorship, bank acquisition, Metaverse One token, 
worldwide extension, no KYC card release. We haven't even talked about half of this stuff. Um, what are you most excited about yourself? Uh, the bank acquisition and the F1 sponsorship to, to be, to be frank, because the, uh, the bank acquisition represents a, a huge milestone for the industry. First of all, having the ability, a crypto project, buying a bank that has a brick and mortar presence. And we actually did some, uh, some scenarios in which you enter the bank and someone asks you, can we offer you a Web3 account? So it, it's gonna change the whole face of the industry uh, by being compliant. So this is the most important thing. We're gonna be a Web3 model, compliant with an open architecture for everyone to build on top. So this is a huge milestone for the industry. And the way we chose to advertise this uh, and with, like you said, with an example of utility is by sponsoring an F1 team. So these two are, are tied together. Amazing, pretty cool. Um, one, another simple question here, but uh, important. Uh, from Prophecy, uh, where do the tokens from cashback come from? So we have a bonus pool for this. Uh, it has 28 million ZPay. Initially, we, we give from the bonus pool. And then, based on the model that we built around staking, it will come from the transaction fees. Sounds pretty straightforward. Cool. Question from from me. I'm probably ineligible for the uh, for the NFT, but uh, I, I won't I won't take one. I'll give it back to the community if I get one. Um, you you. It looks like you started on Ethereum, and then you went to Tomo Chain, and now I'm starting probably another five hour discussion about this whole thing of migrating from chain to chain. But like Ethereum, Tomo Chain, and now you're on Elrond. Yeah. I know you have like a a partnership with Kadena. Yeah. Um, like. How has that journey been? And, and what drove that? And I guess, what was the reasoning between moving from chain to chain? Yeah, it, it's been crazy. So uh, moving from Ethereum to Tomo chain was because of the fees, uh, actually. So we uh, massively scaled once we, we had the card then. So the card that I was telling you about made in 2018. And when it came to distributing the tokens to the community, we had to pay kind of like $500,000 in fees. <laughs> <laughs> kind so, of like 500000 Kind of, <laughs> kind of like. like <laughs> yeah, no, I think it would have been more actually. That's why I said it. So uh, we chose to to shift to TomoChain. We we still have a good relationship with, with TomoChain. Um, it was okay for us at that specific moment but this year, uh, at the beginning of the year, I mean, all the pieces added together to scale to Elrond. Uh, fast transactions, low fees. The guys are from Romania, so we can hop in the car and go to their office in just a couple of hours to be there. They're based in Sibiu, in Romania. Uh, we know them for a long time and what they're building is truly amazing and they have a stellar team. So it, may, it made perfect sense for us 
to be there, considering also the moves that they're making in the space. So they're also involved into being the blockchain as an infrastructure for financial services, and we're committed to being the open architecture and the tool set for building Web3 financial services. So when the product and the blockchain align their visions, I mean, it's, it's a perfect scenario. So this is, this is an interesting point with where you're at, though, because you're, you're essentially selling Elrond technology to the banks. Like the banks have to say, yes, we're, we're cool with Elrond. In, in a sense, right? Because it's part of the, the solution. And so like, I guess, how do you look at layer ones? I mean, there's so, this is a huge discussion right now, but like some of these layer ones are, are, are have fallen off a cliff down 98%, 99%, some of them or more. And, and here we are saying that we're going to change the world. You know, we're going to, we're going to build these like completely new markets and, and, you know, it's hard to go to a bank when if if you're selling something that's down 99% and for them to trust it to build their infrastructure on i guess how do you how do you look at this environment with layer ones yeah it's it's really difficult so we positioned ourselves initially as layer 3 the liquidity layer so you, you need to have a layer of liquidity on top of every l1 and l2 existing there um Regarding layer ones, I mean, they're, I hope they're going to make some changes, to be honest. I mean, um, scalability is good when it comes from a different product, but as long as the infrastructure doesn't support certain thresholds of scalability that are constantly changing based on the use cases that come, that's going to be, I mean, it, I, I think the, the whole scenery is going to be totally changed because like you said, utility is definitely the most important thing. So if you can't offer the support to give utility to other products that give utility to retail, it's, it's going to be difficult. It is. When you, when you say the word retail, you're talking millions and millions of daily transactions yeah. at, at humongous scale that hasn't really been built yet. Like we haven't had that kind of scale. Kadena to help scale that, Edward? Sorry? Is that why you're partnering with Kadena to help scale some of that? Yeah, so the, the tech that we've built is actually blockchain agnostic. So we can have the tech on any chain that we're partnering up with. Um, Kadena and Elrond, we, we, we like their, their tech a lot. Uh, it's easy to build on. So on Elrond, it's really easy to build on. On Kadena as well, but it has a more difficult learning curve. So it's it, the way they structure their chain is taking a lot more building on top of it than on Elrond network. But the... The scalability is there and the right. potential is there. And we every time we partner up with someone, we look at the team. I mean, uh, having a team that actually uh, encountered different uh, hard situations and scalability issues helps a lot because, uh, I mean, experience 
experience is key right now. So for, for scaling fast and for deploying products to retail, experience is key. And both chains have a lot of experience in, in the scalability issues. Kadena, we talked to them a couple of weeks back and they actually, that team kind of reminds me a little bit of what, of you guys, just with like the, uh, kind of the path of like, you tried a couple of things in the past. It seems like, you know, the, probably the lesson you learned about the point of stale piece there, you know, it seems like that kind of found its way into a lot of the other models of like, you know, it, what's easier, you know, going and asking to see if we can get a new point of sale thing or someone that goes, oh, I didn't even know I accepted cryptocurrency. That's a pretty easy sale. <laughs> Right. Exactly. So it's like yeah. they, they it's it seemed like they had gone through a lot of lessons and they've kind of survived through a lot of it. And so they said this is that now like the new iteration on, you know, having like, you know, multiple chains and kind of like being able to scale infinitely around that, which is really interesting. It's like like what do you think about projects and teams, you know, that have been around for a while and like there's like there's a difference between there's like a flash in the pan that happens on each of these kind of like bull markets. And then it's like people that just kind of keep sticking around and kind of keep building, right? It's like, do you look for that that same kind of thing? Like when you're hiring people, when you're partnering with people, like that kind of culture fit when you're deciding yeah. who to work with? Definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, having the drive and the resilience, it's it's the most important thing. We, we've been here since 2017. I just posted yesterday night, we're just ready Zoipe is hiring, but there have been a lot of moments since we we began. Actually, we we had to bootstrap the the company. I mean, the company started being bootstrapped and being bootstrapped a lot. Because if you don't have skin in the game and if you count only on the community funds by doing an ICO and everything, you need to have skin in the game and you need to have serious skin in the game so that you can continue and not quit when times get hard. I mean, yeah. So that, that attitude is very, very important for us. I mean, uh, we invite you guys if you have the time or if you're ever gonna come visit Romania, Bucharest, uh, we have a really, really cool team. I mean, uh, I'm really proud of what we managed to achieve together. Also, I mean, you're, you're building, you know, world changing solutions and you have 30 people. And, and I think there's a lot to be said about that. Okay. We, we, we do this a lot as well. Our team's about 20 and, and we accomplish probably more than teams of a hundred. And it's, it's less about the number of people and more about like, I don't know, like kind of like moving at the same beat, you know, and, and aligning yourselves and, and like being excited about what you're doing. And it matters a lot versus like, yeah, let's hire 10 more devs and no one's going to know what the heck's going on. Um, it's confusing. Um, yeah. It doesn't help. In fact, we even saw this. If you read uh, Coinbase's layoff announcement today, there's a whole paragraph on this topic, which I thought was fascinating because it basically said we overhired and man, we were really inefficient. No one could figure out how to work together, but we hired so much so fast. I thought that was really interesting that they pointed that out as a major issue. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And what are you what are you telling your team right now? 
and and the community about the market, you know, and how are you addressing that to kind of investors and and partners that are looking to do business with you? Keep on building. I mean, the the token is a part of the ecosystem that we've built, and uh, when the context is favorable, it shows the scalability of the product. But if the context is not favorable, people still need the product. So the utility of the product is the most important. So for us, it's just building what we have in the roadmap. It's business as usual. Every day is business as usual. Uh, I actually posted a, a GIF with the Revenant. So if you remember that scene when he he killed the bear and dressed in the bear not to to be cold. So for us, it's every day like that. We we come at the office with the bear. I mean, it's that's what I was looking for. I was looking for that <laughs> analogy. That's what I wanted. So you're you're weathering the winter, the storm, but you're doing it, you know, out of your own fruition. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to bring up one more cool question here from uh, Peter Sergal. Um, kind of interesting. So, you know, and, and this goes along with the, the token utility over time, potentially. So I'd like to ask if there will be some type of service that my salary could be converted to ZPay straight away as a follow-up with, just for example, if I will open some Web3 bank account, there'll be some type of service that will convert everything to ZPay. That would be a cool feature. Be oh, and one more. Because we don't need cash anymore. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's definitely possible. And not only convert it straight to ZPay, but also put it into a high-yield uh, index account or uh, giving out a loan because the loans are based on the shopping pools that have a lot of Zoysters in them. So people that are ZoyPay uh, holders. So you can spread it efficiently in loans, in high yields index account and have it instant at any time. Love it. Very cool. Amazing, man. Well, we did an hour here. We appreciate it, especially with the little uh, lagging at the beginning. Um, but it really sounds like, you know, over the last year or so, while the rest of the market who had the same ability, you know, to route and get the best price and do everything there was focused on, trading and speculation and chasing everything you guys were focused on building infrastructure that really matters so i just want to say it's amazing i'm super stoked that you were here and, and came on and um where can where can people find find zoid pay how do they find you thank you so much guys uh it's been a pleasure being here uh on twitter actually and uh, the website zoidpay.com you'll find everything there sweet awesome Edward, John, everyone out there listening, appreciate it. We'll get through some of those questions. We'll make sure that those NFTs get out. And Edward, my man, we'll chat with you backstage. This was super fun.